Reese Rambles, episode 46. Hello there, my happy little ramblers. How are we all doing? I uh, hope you're having a wonderful time. I bet you thought the the, uh, the last one, episode 45, was going to be the final one of the year, considering that was a um, year in review uh, roundup type thing. But no, I'm going to do one more just for uh, New Year's Eve Eve, um, just because obviously I've got my streak, and the, the, the whole the whole thing about Reese Rambles is keeping the streak unbroken, and we're on it, we're getting there. And um, yeah, uh, speaking speaking of my uh, my happy little ramblers, um, I actually had a question um, last week when the, when the last one went out on my Discord server from someone asking me if I was going to be making some kind of merch with uh, with with happy little ramblers on it, like T-shirts or. Um, hoodies or whatever. And I must admit, I, I have thought about merch for the uh, for the YouTube channel before. And um, yeah, wouldn't it be quite funny if I, um, you know, release stuff promoting the uh, the tiny little second channel that nobody watches um, over over my main channel? Um, might be quite a funny, funny thing to do. Um, yeah, maybe some some happy little Rambler uh, t-shirts. Yeah, perhaps something to think about. I have had, I have actually had a few people over the years contact me and ask if I do uh, merch for my YouTube stuff. And I must admit, I do own quite a bit of YouTuber merch. I mean, I um, sorry, I keep saying merch. It's a terrible word, isn't it? But uh, you know, um, you know, like T-shirts and things that that, that my uh, my friends and. Uh, Obviously, um, people have done like books and other collectibles and mugs and things like that, and I, I tend to buy it all from uh, you know from my favourite channels because I, I like to support them, and I know that they uh, they make more money from that side of things than they do from the actual videos. Um, I think it's nice to kind of support people in a, in a financial way and, and, and get something actual sort of physical and and tangible back in return, even if I never actually wear this stuff or use this stuff. So yeah, maybe, maybe something to think about for 2024. I've, I've kind of been pondering. Uh, what I want to do with the channel in 2024. I've been I've been very happy uh, with the way that things have been going quite lately, uh, as, as I'm sure came across in the last video. Um, I think the channel's really kind of come into its stride in, in 2023. And um, yeah, perhaps more of that, more of that next year, um, bigger and better. Obviously now we've got the studio space, I can do a whole lot more. And um, yeah, I'd, I'd quite like to sort of focus on uh, getting stuff out, getting it out quickly and uh, you know to, to a high quality and um, all of that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, but, um, yeah, I, I, I suppose there's one thing, one elephant in the room that, um, I haven't, um, haven't actually, <laughs> I actually missed something last week and, and nobody noticed and I didn't notice. I mean, I barely edited that, that ramble anyway, because I needed to get out the door and get home and I, I'd just run out of time. So, um, I, I only actually watched it a, a couple of days after it went out. Um, I thought I may as well watch the whole thing or at least put it on in the background and just make sure I didn't say anything stupid or... Uh, anything regrettable that's going to get me cancelled. Thankfully, I didn't. Um, generally, because I, I don't tend to say that kind of stuff. Um, but one thing that that that, that I spotted uh, when I was going through the list of videos, I actually missed one, and it's quite funny uh, which one it was as well, considering the context of it and the kind of the, the bigger picture. And uh, so the video that I missed in my <laughs> in my roundup was the my solar video from from 2023. Um, obviously, I had the whole fiasco uh, with um, the solar stuff, which I've talked about many times in the past. But uh, basically, I, I made some videos about some uh, some solar panels that I'd uh, put up on the back of my house to power my. I just realised <laughs> there's a typo there in the chap in the chapter name as well. Retro. Oh my goodness! What a professional operation. But yeah, I'd put some I put some solar panels up on the back of my house and um, you know use them to power all of my channel and stuff, my cameras and my lighting and even the computers and stuff that I have you know on my channel uh, that I featured when I was recording back at home. And uh, it was a really great setup and I was really happy with it. And uh, those videos went absolutely mental. And then I took them down because I got fed up of them completely dominating everything that I did. 
And I made this as just just as a kind of a very concise, very quick uh, just roundup of everything that I'd done and how my setup worked and all that kind of stuff. Just so the people who are asking me about the solar stuff and saying, oh, where'd you take it down? You know, um, it was really good. Just so I could point them at this and say, well, look, here it is. It's all, you know, packaged up nicely for you. Um, this is the entire project. It's how it's all wired up, how it works. And that's it. I'm drawing a line under it. I'm not going back to it. And uh, this went out in like June, July time, whenever it was. Uh, 3,600 views. So it's, uh, yeah, did, did reasonably well. But uh, of course, nothing like the original one. And, um, you know, I, I addressed some of the issues, did it in quite a kind of lighthearted way in a couple of places. Um, you know, some of the feedback that I'd had, uh, some of the negative feedback. And um, yeah, so when I was doing my uh, channel year in review uh, last week, I completely missed that somehow. I, I, did, I completely skipped over it. I think it's because it was around the same time as the, uh, you know, the chat with Clint from LGR and all that kind of stuff. And I just got distracted by that. So um, yeah, um, that's also a thing. And speaking of videos, and of course, another one that would have been missed out from the uh, from the year in review, quite naturally, because it wasn't out at that point, although I was recording it at the time, and I did, I did kind of mention it. Uh, you can see some of that stuff uh, on the desk behind that's the wrong way on the desk behind me. If uh, you're uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, um, but yeah, I got that video out the door. It went out. I think it went out the uh, the day after. But well, I suppose I could actually check, couldn't I? Um, so yeah, it was it was the video about the uh, the Lewis Packwood book launch and how I'd uh, prepared a a video pinball, a pong, and a stunt cycle, uh, and also I also took along the video music. Now I'd kind of got those ready because they were featured in the book and uh, got those ready for the talk and, and taken those. And obviously I had to do some work to kind of uh, uh, get them hooked up and, and everything else. And um, yeah, but the, that one's done really well. Um, it's 2,800 views now. It's been out uh, pretty much bang on, uh, bang, pretty much bang on 24 hours now um, at this point. It's completely died off, um, as I can see from the stats. It's had a really, really strong start. Um, Got up to about 2,000 views and then YouTube just uh, just turned off the taps and were like, nope, no more views for you, um, uh, as they as they quite often do. So um, yeah, it, it shoved that under the noses of uh, 40,000, 40,000 people. 4.8% uh, of those people uh, decided to click on that thumbnail and, and title and found that uh, compelling. And uh, yeah, you can you can kind of see uh, the, you know, the graphs and things. Uh, always interesting to uh, kind of watch a, a new video launch in real time and, um, you know, you kind of see how it goes. And the really, the, I think the, the fascinating thing about this one is that um, this is, uh, the, the, there's a message at the, at the top of the YouTube studio um, page that we, that we go to to manage our videos and look at analytics and stuff like that. And it, it comes up with like these motivational messages and uh, stuff that could be improved and, um, you know, explanations for why things are happening. And the, the last... You know, the, the first few hours of the launch, it was saying, you know, um, this this video is it, this video is more popular with with regular viewers, which is leading it to get twenty two percent higher views or something like that. Which I think, to be fair, is a lot of that is to do with the time of year and the fact that a lot of people are kind of set at home and uh, looking for stuff to do. But um, now it's changed to uh, looking good. This video has got two thousand eight hundred and three views, which is similar to the one thousand two hundred uh, to three thousand that your videos usually get. So uh, yeah, after a ridiculously strong start, um, YouTube is now telling me, yeah, well, well done. This video is doing about as well as it it should, um, which is, I guess, is a thing. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the funny thing is at the bottom, it's uh, it's complaining at me about the lower click through rate now, even though the click through rate has been really high. Click through rate is like the percentage of people that see it and click on it. Um, uh, viewers chose to watch this video 4.8% of the time that it was shown to them instead of the usual 5% to 6%. It's like, which, 
no, my, my click through rate was like eight percent for like the first, you know, nine percent for the first couple of hours. So um, whatever. These things always settle down over time. Uh, will it get a second win? I'm not sure. It, it was an above average launch according to the graph. Um, maybe it's going to shoot straight upwards, and uh, you know, it's going to do solar numbers or um, you know, twenty six that twenty six hundred mod video that's got like a hundred thousand views now. Um, or maybe not. But um, always interesting to have a new video out there. And um, I was, uh, I've had some, I've had some really good feedback on this video. And one, one thing that I, yeah, let's talk about that. Um, one thing that I, I've been trying to do, and one kind of theme um, just lately with, with with the stuff that I've been doing on my channel is that um, I've been trying to find a story, um, if that makes sense. So uh, I, I'm a big fan of a channel called Abroad in Japan, and uh, it's this, this this guy called Chris Broad. I've mentioned him on uh, on, on the Rambles before, but. Um, this guy called Chris Broad, he, he lives in Japan, he's British, uh, he moved over there to work as an English teacher 10 years ago. Um, I know a lot of people who watch my channel also, also watch his channel, it's a very popular channel, he's got like 3 million subscribers or something. And um, he um, he makes like these big impressive documentary type, type videos and stuff like that, but um, he doesn't really talk about his YouTube process all that often. But the one piece of advice that he, he kind of consistently gives every time he gets asked the question is, uh, is to find the story. In, in any video that you make, you know, find use a video to tell a story. You know, there, there are a lot of hardware channels that I that I watch. I've, I've, I've talked about this before, I think. Um, you know, where they'll say, you know, I, I've had this sent to me. It's broken. Let's diagnose the fault. Let's fix the fault, and then let's test it. You know, you have got your three act structure, and um, you know, it's something that applies quite naturally to kind of hardware modifying and repairing uh, computer, you know, repair type videos, but. Um, you know, I did. There's not really much of a. You, you need to kind of find a unique hook. I think I'm not saying that you need to. I'm not dispensing advice, but in my case, I'm thinking. Well, what you know, what what's kind of a more interesting hook? How can I, how can I structure this slightly, just slightly differently to kind of help it to stand out, maybe? And this was an this was a really natural contender for that. And I know I've banged on about this book like all year, and I will stop now. Um, but it's like you know, in in the first few seconds, you know, I uh, introduce uh, a character in the form of Lewis. Uh, let's just let's just open this up and have a, have a poke around it, and just uh, talk, talk talk a little bit about the uh, how I've structured this video. So literally within three seconds, you've got this interesting looking chap on screen. I describe him as a legendary uh, you know games journalist. Um, I don't know if he's legendary. He's he's certainly prolific um, and and sort of well liked and respected in the industry. So you know, not too much of a stretch. Uh, you know, I, I introduce this character of Lewis. I say there's this book launch. I've got to get this stuff ready for the book launch. Um, so you know, it's like it's like the first act. You know, setting up for that, uh, setting up for that uh, that story. Um, you know, I say that it went well, and um, you know, here, here's kind of the stuff that I had to do. And then right at the end, just uh, just as the first sort of minute is drawing to a close, we've got this uh, we've got this this kind of moment of jeopardy. This this thing that kind of throws the whole story into doubt. Where I say. Ah, but it didn't actually quite all go according to plan. So we've got so much stuff. Of course, we've got people clicking on the uh, the thumbnail and the title uh, because they're interested in these weird old Atari consoles, and you know maybe they've seen them before and kind of want to see what they're all about. Um, obviously, it's a hardware restoration and, and fix type video, so all of my usual audience of people who kind of watch that kind of stuff. But then, yeah, within the first minute, it's like there was this talk, or well, you know, within the first minute, it, it's like. There's this really interesting-looking chap, and oh yeah, he's actually quite well known and quite quite well respected. And he did a talk, and I was involved with that talk. 
And I had to do some stuff to prepare for that talk, but it didn't quite go according to plan. And all of a sudden it's like, you know, you've got this big hook and it all, all unfolds very rapidly within the first minute. I know I'm sat here singing my own praises like I always do, but um, I was I was quite I was quite proud of, um, you know, just quite proud of the way I kind of structured that and thought, yeah, that, that's that's going to hook people. And there's been a few there's been a few of these videos um, over the course of the past year where I've, I've kind of taken this approach. But um, anyway, I, I did the whole year in review uh, last week, if you want to go over all of that. But um, yeah, I, I bought a... Um, I had some issues recording on my um, the standing desk that uh, I was uh, very kindly sent by by a sponsor a few weeks back uh, because I went for the uh, the shiny glossy black top and um, it turns out that recording stuff on a, a black a glossy table isn't isn't brilliant especially when most of the stuff that you're recording is black um, I hadn't really considered that so I bought this massive uh, Weller soldering slash anti static mat. Uh, which is like a matte grey, and it's really, really good for filming on. Um, and I've got some some shots in here that I'm actually really pleased with, where uh, I've kind of got stuff laid out on that mat, um, just showing close-ups of like soldering and uh, various bits of work. So um, yeah, with this 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 kind of hybrid video that's uh, like you know just just talks about the uh, the book launch and the talk, and uh, also shows kind of the, the hardware repair and, and that side of things. I uh, got some jokes in there about uh, people uh, leaving me negative comments for uh, doing silly things, which of course has been a bit of a, a bit of a, uh, a bit of a theme this year. But um, yeah, just uh, just thought I'd uh, pick that video apart a little bit and uh, just talk about a bit about my uh, kind of thinking with that. Uh, that's done quite well, two thousand seven hundred views in in one day, which, uh, like I say, is a really fast launch. Uh, whether it will get a second wind, I'm not quite sure, but um, I'm pleased with that and. More importantly, I'm pleased with how the whole video came together. Really, really happy with that one. So um, I also, um, and I think I mentioned this last time, I also uh, used my overhead mic for the audio for this one for the very first time, and I was really pleased with um, kind of how that came out as well. It's not perfect, but um, it's not uh, it's not awful either. So um, yeah, new video for this week. It's doing well. If you haven't seen it, uh, I will link to it uh, in the usual places, and you can go and check that one out, and maybe the solar video as well if you want. So this next bit wasn't actually going to be a news segment. It was going to be um, me kind of reminiscing about something that I played uh, many Christmases ago, uh, nine years ago, in fact, in 2014. And I, I loved this game. And um, bizarrely, I'm not sure if it's because I've been playing the new Quake 2 uh, remaster, as, as I mentioned a few times recently. Um, I've, I've got to the end of the uh, the Call of the Machine uh, chapter, which is the new chapter that uh, Machine Games made for the, uh, the Night Dive uh, remaster of, uh, of, of Quake 2. Which is fantastic, and I've talked about that many times on the rambles before. Sorry, I'm just getting comfortable here. Um, but yeah, I think um, like some of the some of the architecture kind of brought something uh, to mind. I think subconsciously, and the, the fact that it's this time of year. And um, anyway, I'll stop waffling now. Uh, the game was called the Talos Principle. I, I don't know if. Um, Anyone else out there? I'm, I'm sure plenty of people played this game. I, I remember it being quite big back at the time, and um, you know, uh, being in the news and stuff. But um, it was uh, it was a first-person puzzle game made by Crow Team, and um, really, really, really sort of innovative and clever game with all these different puzzle element elements. And uh, it's kind of set in these in in these ancient ruins, and you've got like a, you know Roman themed levels and Egyptian themed levels, and um, it's like a medieval village type thing, and um, it's very quiet, uh, very sort of solitary, very peaceful, uh, just moving puzzle elements around to sort of solve these puzzles, directing lasers 
off bouncing them off mirrors into targets and then you've got like blocks that you have to launch to certain places and uh, there's like a whole time-based element that comes in sort of towards the end where you've got to um like record yourself going through a certain sequence of, of actions and, and getting the timing absolutely spot on and then and then you kind of it turns into like a co-op thing where you're like working alongside the recording that you've just made of yourself um you know passing things back and forth and um you know, to solve some of these puzzles. Really, really clever stuff. And uh, I enjoyed that game a lot when it first came out. And I absolutely played it to death over that Christmas at 2014. And um, I was, my, my plan was, uh, uh, well, uh, basically the other night I was lying awake um, and, and all of a sudden this game popped into my head again. And I was thinking, oh, I should revisit that. You know, that's, I, I enjoyed that game a lot. And it's been a very long time. Obviously, I didn't realise at the time that it had been nearly 10 years. Um but yeah, I just thought, you know, a nice, nice Christmas game that was, you know, nice, um, you know, a bit of a puzzler and uh, not too frantic, not too stressful, certainly a world away from uh, from Quake 2, which I have been playing. But um, yeah, just just now, when I was kind of looking into this story, I've realised that the there's a sequel out, Talos Principle 2, which... I haven't seen mentioned anywhere. Uh, and if you, if you go onto the Steam page, I should say, if, if you are interested in the first one, and you probably should play the first one first, because I, I imagine it's probably aged very well. Um, it's the kind of game that just doesn't really age because, uh, you know, because it is such a, such kind of a, a nice complete package. And it's like three quid on Steam until, like, um, you know, early January. So if you are interested in checking it out, I would say check out the first one. But, uh, yeah, I literally just discovered, uh, researching for this story just now, um, that uh, Talos Principle 2 came out like a month ago, and I had absolutely no idea. Um, so this is definitely, if I'd known about this a week ago, I, I would have been playing this over Christmas, because, um, yeah, like I say, I love this game, and it's absolutely uh, fantastic, uh, you know, uh, vibe for this kind of year, uh, this this time of year. But uh, there you go. So it's a, uh, it's a puzzle game, and um, I'd be interested to hear if uh, anyone else actually remembers it and actually played it back in the day, because... Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, ten, 10 years of technological progress. I mean, some of these screenshots and stuff are just... Uh, it's kind of how I remembered the original looking, um, even though it... Um, yeah, even though it evidently didn't. But, um, yeah, it looks like it's more of the same, which is definitely a good thing. Uh, hopefully, they've introduced some uh, interesting new twists and things as well. Because the, the story was quite interesting. It's one of these ones where the story is kind of um, environmental storytelling and that kind of thing, and it kind of unfolds as you go along, and then it kind of builds up to this twist at the end, which was which I thought was actually quite interesting and quite novel. Um, but yeah, Talos Principle, great game. Um, let me know if you uh, if you remember it and if you were a fan of that game, uh, or if you decide to uh, revisit it off the back of this. But um, yeah, the sequel's out, so there you go. I'll also link to that. It's a me, big full screen Reese, back at you. Yep, uh, and that must mean it's time for the next story. And it's another news story from this week. And um, something that came up on my radar that I thought was quite interesting. And um, it's to do with the Nintendo Switch. And basically, someone has made a flashcard for it. Now, I must say, um, many, many, many years ago, and we're talking like 15 years ago, um, I had a website. Uh, I had a previous business. You may know that I'm... Uh, a bit of an entrepreneur and run my own business, but um, I had a business selling stuff, and uh, eventually I um, I decided that selling stuff wasn't for me, you know, dealing with physical stock and whatever else. But um, yeah, I, I had a website that sold uh, like Nintendo DS and uh, what was the console? The Wii at the time uh, was the was the current console. I don't even think the Wii U was out was out, and um, 
I used to sell uh, stuff like, uh, you know, like there's plastic steering wheels for uh, Mario Kart and um, DS styluses and screen protectors. And um, I sold like knockoff Wii remote controllers. The, the ones that I got were actually really, really good considering they weren't official. Um, you know, all, all of that kind of stuff that, that people were selling uh, at the time. Xbox 360 Red Ring of Death repair kits. Uh, I used to sell absolutely loads of those, and I had like a really good guide that I put together for people to follow. Saved loads of Xboxes, which was really cool. So that, that kind of gives you uh, an indication as to when that was. And um, one of the things that I sold was uh, flashcards for the Nintendo DS. So flashcard, obviously you load up all your games onto it, um, you know, whether they be uh, legally obtained or otherwise. And, uh, you, you know, you load them up onto a micro SD card, shove that into the flash cart, shove the flash cart into the console, and then you've got a menu with all of your games and you can play loads of games. So, you know, really convenient. You don't need to carry loads of cartridges around with you and um, you don't need to pay for games. Um, you know, I mean, that's that's kind of the uh, <laughs> it's kind of the reality of it, isn't it? And um, there was one called the R4 back, at, back in the day, which was like the big one that everyone, um, you know, that everyone sold and everyone kind of copied and... Um, and then there's one called the N5 and the Ace Card, and there were quite a few different ones uh, that I sold over the years. And um, Nintendo really kind of cracked down on them and um, kind of forced people like Google and eBay and, and Amazon to, to crack down on them at the time as well. And I remember all of that happening because I was selling them at the time and you know having eBay listings taken down and having to kind of word things very carefully in very specific ways so I didn't hit specific keywords and end up with the listings being taken. And in the, you know, in the end, that was why I kind of ended up selling stuff on my own website. And um, yeah, even on like Google search results, you'd be massively, um, you know, massively penalized for using certain keywords and things and had to be really careful. So uh, definitely a bit of a cat and mouse game and uh, not, I would say not one that I'm not particularly proud of, but um, hey, that's, that's it. It is what it is. It was a very different time. But um, I was very interested to see uh, this week, on that note, that uh, there has been a flash cart announced for the Nintendo Switch. And um, I'm, not, I'm not all that familiar with Switch hacking. We do have a Switch in the household, which belongs to uh, Catherine, but um, we don't really play on it all that much, and I certainly don't. But um, apparently you can hack them and you can uh, install... Uh, you know, games on them in in a roundabout kind of way, uh, in a slightly less than official way. And uh, obviously, there's this ongoing cat and mouse game with Nintendo releasing updates that kind of break these hacks that mean people have to rehack them and uh, you know lose access to all their games and all that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, apparently, uh, the, the, this um, Russian operation calling themselves MIG have released a an actual flash cart for the Switch. So uh, the the idea being that. Uh, you load up your games onto an SD card and then you put the SD card into the cartridge and put the cartridge into the Switch. Of course, you know how a flash cart works. I don't need to explain that. And um, yeah, then um, you know you can play uh, you can play all of your backed up games via this flash cart. But uh, a, a few things that uh, people have kind of been pointing out on Twitter. I actually saw this. I think it was MVG um, actually retweeted this and kind of shared some thoughts on this. And um, that, that's how it kind of came up on my radar. And the whole thing just looks, I don't know, it, it's, if you're familiar with flashcards of the past, and of course, always, always with these things, the, the first versions that come out are always a massive pain, and they're always really rough around the edges, and then it kind of, the whole process gets refined as time goes on. But um, I just thought this was interesting, because it was kind of the first physical uh, flashcard for the Switch. But um, basically, these people sell their own dumping device, so you can copy your own cartridges onto SD card to use with this thing. 
And um, or or if you already own a hacked switch, there's a, like a software version that you can use, and it uses its own um, its own kind of data format. So you can't go out and download all you know pirated games that are already out there and load them onto this. Um, just because of the way that it kind of handles files and things. I don't think that was like a moral decision on their part. And um, from what people are saying on Twitter, because there's not been much information, although apparently they are sending out test units to people. So it'd be interesting to see some reviews if they uh, kind of start to come out. Uh, I think people are saying that um, you load up the games on there and then basically if you want to switch between games, um, you basically have to eject the card and then um, you put it back in and then it like goes on to the next game. Like there's no menu system. Um, I don't know if that's right or if that's just speculation, but it sounds very convoluted. And then you've got people saying, then you know, if you've got like 50 games on there and you want to play Zelda, which obviously begins with a Z, um, you know, you're going to have to <laughs> you're going to have to eject and uh, you know reinsert the card 50 times, kind of thing. So um, perhaps perhaps people have just got the wrong end of the stick, or perhaps I've got the wrong end of the stick. But um, I thought it was an interesting thing to. Um, to talk about and uh, yeah obviously they've got some news on their website so on the 27th they uh, posted something looking for people to actually sell this thing because uh, they don't sell directly to end users and um yeah so the, sort of the previous news before that on the 20th was that they were sending stuff out for testing now this is perhaps um something that perhaps complicates things here is the fact that this is made in russia uh, developed and produced in the russian federation and that's perhaps going to cause issues at the moment um, with the way that things are. I mean, I, I, I absolutely I wouldn't touch this with a, with a barge pole. I'm not interested in reviewing this thing at all or buying one. Um, I think there are better ways to kind of play backups and things on your Switch if you want to. But um, yeah, I just thought it was an interesting piece of news and it'll be interesting to see who picks them up and, and what the, kind of the reaction to that will be. Uh, very, very interesting thing. But uh, yeah, that came up on my radar as well this week. So um, just thought I would I would share it with you. So one final late breaking story for 2023 for all of you lovely people before I sign off and uh, see you again in the new year. And this has literally just come in this morning from uh, a friend of mine who, who sent me the link on Discord. Uh, that friend being Dave from uh, This Week in Retro. Uh, shout out to Dave, This Week in Retro. Fantastic podcast uh, that uh, I've been a guest on uh, many a time and I'm sure, I'll, uh, I'm sure I'll be making appearances on there again next year. But um yeah, he uh, he sent me this because this is right up my alley, uh, very much so, especially for this second channel. Uh, and it's to do with the Atari 2600 Plus. And um, I mentioned last week that uh, I'd actually taken down my video talking about the firmware update because basically I'd made a big thing about it being a Christmas thing. And um, it, yeah, then, the, you know, it, it seemed, to, seemed to vanish off the face of the earth. But um they're now looking for people to test it. Uh, as of 14 hours ago at the time of recording, uh, Ben from PlayOn, who of course was uh, was providing details about this upcoming firmware update uh, in um, you know in that previous uh, video that I did, uh, should mention obviously Atari 2600 Plus is, is the new version of the Atari 2600 that was released in the 70s that came out uh, uh, you know a couple of months ago. Uh, I did a review of it. Um, I did a teardown of it. I've done some other update videos on it. I love it. I think it's fantastic, and it's only going to get better with these firmware updates. Hence all the coverage, but uh, yeah, Ben from PlayOn, who uh, who was who was posting stuff about firmware updates previously, uh, works for the company PlayOn that actually manufactured and uh, designed this thing for Atari, and he's now saying that the, uh, the, the 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 what I called the Christmas firmware update is available for beta testing, and 
it's only four days after Christmas, so I feel I feel vindicated actually that um actually oh I wasn't wrong with that, but um anyway I'll make a separate video about that because um hey I'm very excited about this um he um yeah so he he's he's on Atari Age the Atari Age forums which I've lost access to somehow um my login doesn't work anymore I think it's some kind of conspiracy by uh, the current owners of Atari to silence me but I will not be silenced and um. Loads and loads of loads of fixes, loads of stuff that was discussed initially back in um, sort of early in December, um, just to do with the way that it kind of dumps and detects the different types of cartridges. Of course, this uh, the device, the twenty six hundred plus, uh, runs a software emulator on an ARM system on a chip, and um, you put the cartridge in the original game cartridge for uh, from the Atari twenty six hundred or the seventy eight hundred, and it dumps that into a space in RAM, and then the emulator basically loads that game from RAM and runs it. And um, a big part of getting all of this to work is uh, actually detecting the cartridges properly, what type of cartridge, what kind of like memory mapping it uses internally and, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, particularly some issues that people have had with PAL cartridges, obviously with non-American, uh, you know, European releases of games, and um, with the, 20, the 7800, which is the other console that that uh, new console is, is compatible with. And yeah, loads and loads of update dates. They've got specific dumper updates for specific games. Um, so yeah, and obviously that uh, kind of fixes uh, you know games that use the particular types of, of mappings to load uh, load the game from the cartridge. Uh, they've changed the PAL color palette, which is something I noticed um, he'd announced previously. I think that's just going to make the colors a bit more accurate to the original, um, you know, the original twenty six hundred PAL uh, console. Um, I guess obviously play on and, and Atari being American and you know the, the, the focus has been on NTSC and on, on kind of American market stuff. So that's cool. I didn't really notice that as an issue, but uh, hey, it's attention to detail for you. Um, yeah, the, the auto detecting PAL and NTSC cartridges, and they're going to run them at the correct speeds, which is fantastic. Uh, Fifty or sixty hertz. Um, the difficulty switches. Someone discovered they were the wrong way round, so they fixed that. Um, also with the 7800, someone discovered that even though it supports the, it does support the two button controllers for the 7800, uh, the buttons uh, were the wrong way around, so they've reversed that. Um, they've made a load of changes to the 7800 dumper, so it should be much more compatible with a much wider range of games. There's loads and loads of stuff in here. Uh, they've added a pause function for the 7800, which is going to use the colour and black and white switch on the top of the console. Uh, big updates to Pokey Sound chip support, and um, yeah, <laughs> there's just so much stuff. So much stuff. And um, yeah, they're looking for people to help uh, beta test this release. Um, like I said, I've lost access to my uh, Atari Age account at some point. So um, I haven't posted in this thread asking to get access to this thing. Um, I'm not sure what use that would be um, or what uh, kind of what interest that would be on my channel. I guess there'd be quite a lot of interest in that. So it's probably worth me trying to uh, resolve that situation. But um yeah, loads of people responding and signing up to help test this thing. Uh, most recently, two minutes ago, loads of people in power regions, which is fantastic to see. And uh, yeah, a whole debate about Linux as well, um, as always, because uh, this is the internet. This is a forum, of course, people are going to argue about Linux, even though it's completely uh, irrelevant. But um, yeah, some fantastic news to round out the year and uh, me feeling slightly vindicated about this Christmas update because, uh, yeah, it does exist and um, looks like it's imminent. So um, yay, go me. And go Atari, because that's that's going to be really cool.
So that's it from me. Uh, I did an hour and a half last week. I've done uh, God knows how much. I re-recorded a big chunk of this one for reasons. Um, So I've had enough. I'm going to go now. I hope you're all having a fantastic New Year, uh, wonderful New Year's parties. I hope you're doing something a bit more interesting than listening to me rambling on. And I hope you all had a a wonderful festive season. I know I certainly did. Um, Not much retro gaming going on, but um, hey, uh, you know, lots uh, lots of wine drinking, which is the main thing. And a bit of a Christmas knees up as well, a bit of a musical extravaganza, which is always fun. I can't believe it was only four days ago. It seems, it seems like a lifetime ago, but uh, just goes to show that uh, things move at a slightly different speed at this time of year. So, um, yeah, I should round out all of this just by thanking you for uh, supporting the channel and for, um, yeah, this channel and, of course, my main channel, Control Alt Reese. Uh, thank you for all of the views and the likes and the comments and all that kind of stuff this year. Uh, the channel's doing very well. I'm really pleased with it. And, uh, yeah, more more of the same for next year, please. That's fantastic. So um, I'm off to uh, possibly go and record another video about this firmware update and uh, hopefully not get in trouble for it this time. Uh, thank you ever so much uh, once more for uh, listening. Now I'm rambling, so now it's time to sign off. Goodbye.